All right, cool. All right, cool. So let's All right. going. kick off episode, I think, three. This is episode, I think three. officially episode three of Officially three. Uh, man, I cannot wait to talk Furnace Fest. It was such a great week. And I, I don't know, half a week. Um, it was fantastic. And I just can't yeah. wait to, to chat about like the bands, to chat about just like the overall trip and everything. I think that'll be awesome. Um, yeah. So we're now going to hit up sports like real quick. And then we'll probably have a couple of people join us that are, that stayed in our house. that went to Furnace Fest with us. Um, yeah. Should be a good, if you, again, if you like music, this is an episode for you. <laughs> I won't name it that, but right. you know. It, you're gonna like this episode. Yeah, yeah. There'll be heavy furnace fest recap. Um, what are you doing? Are you drinking anything right now tonight? Anything special? I'm having a nice water. In uh, also, I'm wearing my uh, Javon Carter incorrect number jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. My number four Javon Carter yeah. jersey. He's he's numbers. Okay, so a recap. I don't know if I, we touched on it the last episode. I uh, ordered a custom Nets jersey of Javon Carter because he was going to be number four, and they switched his number to zero for the Nets. And now I have a Nets jersey of him being number four, and he's number zero. So maybe yeah. he'll be worth a lot of money one day. Uh, I doubt it because <laughs> he never wore it. But whatever. Yeah, maybe I, still, I can still yeah. root for him. So I'm having a Founders Porter. It's one of my favorite porters, actually. It is a good one. Founders does some good stuff. I really like the the Rubeus, yeah. I believe is what it's called. The one that's like the raspberry is kind of sweet. It's not yes. terribly sweet, but it's kind of a little like a little syrupy. It's good though. It's um, yeah. more of like a fruit. They're, they make good beer, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm having that, and I'm also having a water as well. And I'm smoking a uh, Ruination cigar. It is by a Man of War. I like. I like their cigars. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Let's we'll ha- let's hammer out some top plays in sports. Or in my case, there's no top plays. It's all sad. Your so. your team reminds me of the year that I had. Um, I drafted like Odell Beckham Jr. like in the second round, and I lost him, and I lost another player that was like a top three pick for me uh, in fantasy. And like with the first like three or four weeks of the season, and my team was just basically done at that point. And I could just try to stay 500 and maybe squeeze into the playoffs. That's what's happened to your team, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're talking about fantasy football, where any of our listeners have already heard me complain about how my season's going. So week three looks like a week I was actually going to finally win a game or win for the week. And, and we're hanging out at Furnace Fest. Well, it, it, yeah. that was the concert, but we we're still hanging out. And I give them, I get a text alert from this app that I have that's uh, regarding like fantasy news, and I'm like, "Hey, McCaffrey just is limping off the field right now." Yep. So McCaffrey got hurt, so I got almost no points from him. He's also my only Four. really good running back. Um, so he's hurt for at least a few weeks. Hopefully, he'll be back. But he was hurt. After that, it just kind of went south, and I lost by like a point. Or really half a point. I think it was, yeah, it was very, very close. It was, it was a little closer than I was, and I was a point and a half away. Yeah, okay. so I'm three, I'm 0 and 3. And so then last night, the Jaguars were playing. I was bartending. We had the game on at the sports pub where I work on Thursday nights. And in the first five minutes of the game, DJ Chark 
gets hurt, fractured ankle. He's out for the rest of the season. And I had decided yesterday morning to take him off my bench and start him because I figured he would have a good game against the Bengals. And as things have been going, he ended up getting hurt in the first five minutes. So I am probably going to lose this week, too. So I don't have a good running back, and I just lost what probably would have been a good receiver. And I also jinxed the Jaguars because they ended up barely losing last night. Last second field goal to the Bengals. Well, I picked up their defense, uh, Cincinnati, I'm going to clarify, thinking that they would be pretty good this week because Trevor Lawrence has thrown a pick or multiple picks in every game. Right. And so I thought, well, we'll probably throw two. And then um, I did watch a recap of the Steelers game that I missed on Sunday. And the Bengals defense wasn't great, but I figured they would get enough pressure. Um, they had some sacks on Ben. Granted, we have no line. Ben can't move at all. So I figured they would do something against Trevor Lawrence, and they did nothing. I got one point from the Bengals' defense. I have them in both leagues this week, so I'm kind of kind of bummed out about that. But I guess I didn't lose points, but one point kind of sucks. So, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a, that's pretty much it. I saw, that, um, I saw that the Gators won, so I'm happy about that. But uh, I obviously didn't get to watch the game. And yeah, that's it. My uh, my fantasy hates me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the fantasy football gods are completely against me. Um, I don't know how I could pull out a win this week now. So I'm not planning on it. Don't expect. And that's about it. The only game I want to comment on, other than my what three second recap on the Steelers this past week, that just was awful. I can't believe I watched the game knowing what the outcome was already. Um, the only game I want to comment on is we were at Furnace Fest on Saturday and I was waiting for further seems forever to start. Mineral was currently on stage, which nothing against mineral. I just, I'm not like a big mineral fan by any means. So I was just over by the fence so I could put my backpack off my back and just like have it somewhere else for a while, get my back a rest. And I happened to check the West Virginia score, which was at halftime. They were leading 10 to seven. And I was like, holy cow. We're going to beat Oklahoma. I'm going to lose my mind tonight. And we almost did. Uh, I watched the whole entire second half at Furnace Fest. So I finished the mineral set. I think it was in the fourth quarter when Further Seems Forever took stage. So mainly I was listening to Further Seems Forever, not necessarily watching them. So I was kind of like half tuned out during their set, but I was listening the entire time. So disrespectful. I know, but we could have beat number four in the country, and that would have been massive for West Virginia because, you know, we're not great. <laughs> but we almost pulled it off because we had great defense. So, And Further Seems Forever is one of the key bands of our scene. I know. I like Further Seems Forever. I like all of their records, right. minus Penny Black. Um, I cried. <laughs> God, I hate well, the production no, I, on that I, record. <laughs> but, I almost uh, cried. All right. Well, let's, let's – I'll stop you right there real quick. Let's just go ahead and get yeah. into it. I'll, sure. Let's let's start for Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out an invite to Alex here too. So let me uh, okay throw him on there. Bam! All right, we're all on, on speaker. Now. Can you hear me? All right, we got I'm you. Keep on. Gotcha, gotcha. I I I know fantasy probably doesn't work this way. I've never played, so I don't know anything about it. But I feel like I should just 
if I could, I would like to just bet against any th- any moves that Ward makes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the case this year. I, yeah, like, we, I don't know. Something's just telling me I got a good chance. There's a uh, – was it last year during basketball or was it during football last year where I was doing some daily fantasy-type bets? And no joke – I would lose almost every one of them. Like if I bet on a team that was really hot, they would lose. And I was on a weird streak there for a while. And I was like, man, I just gotta, I'm just gonna stop now. It wasn't a lot of money or anything. It was like maybe like a couple <laughs> bucks here or there, just depending on what kind of odds and everything I got. Uh, the closest I came was during the finals. Um, I had the Hawks when they were down in a series, like 1500 to one or something. I bet on that. And then I had the Suns, from the very beginning, I picked the Suns to go to the finals and well, to win it all, basically, to be the NBA champion. And they were up two games to That's zero in the finals crazy. over the Bucks. And I was like, man, I'm going to get money. I was rooting for the Hawks because if it was a Suns and Hawks final, I was going to win money if the Hawks won the Eastern Conference. And I was going to get money if the Suns won the NBA title. So if they met in the finals, I was going to win money regardless. And if the Suns won, I would win yeah. double money. So I was going to win like six, $700. <laughs> So, which of those outcomes happened? None of them. But I came close on the Suns. <laughs> I was two games away. I was two away. I I, I played. Um, I guess it, it was just like bracket betting, whatever yeah. that's called. Uh, yeah, for March Madness. Uh, no, it, this was for college basketball. I think. Oh no, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's March, March Madness? Madness. I don't know what I'm talking uh-huh. about. Um, so. I obviously know nothing about this world and I just went through, I I asked everyone at my work who they thought was going to, like, I just saw everyone's brackets and then picked the stuff that no one had picked. Nice. And I did very well. (laughs) (laughs) I did so well up until the final four. And then I was way off. But everyone, and it was funny because everyone yeah. dominated the final four, and it was like a really close on like who won or whatever. But I was dominating the whole time up until then. <laughs> I, lo- I love the March Madness. Um, Christy and I had a bet that uh, loser buys first round, and I beat her. And then I just, the, Emery did one last year, and I just, completely got demolished because I think my champion was out like the second weekend or something. I can't even remember who I had is winning at all, but I, yeah, I did not look good at all. It just, it was, yeah. I, I just love betting for the underdogs, the college no one's ever heard of, you know, that's always fun to, to watch and root for. Yeah. Um, like you have like the, the small division one school that really doesn't have a chance, but they're, they're, they're hanging in there and you kind of root for them just to, to, to pull it out the upset. Cause no one's expecting it. It's fun. I like that aspect. Yeah, I, I think I would do well if I could do single game. Like, if I just did single games, I feel like yeah. I could do pretty well. You know, just going into one game. You can, can't you? I'm sure you can, but uh, just, you- like, when it comes to betting in general, I, I feel like I'm more of a single game. Because when it comes to the long term, I that that's I, there's no way I'm going to figure it out. You know, I don't pay in t- enough attention to any sport, you know. Uh, but when it comes to a single game... Yeah, uh, I, I feel like the odds run more in my favor just with, I don't know, maybe how I work or something. Because uh, even when I like actually go and do the research and stuff, I, I'm much better at that versus 
the long-term stuff. I think one of the things I like about fantasy so much is I, I really like numbers. Like I'm really good at math. I just never wanted like a career doing something in math, but I really enjoy just like, the like I, I obviously I like that it uh, helps me pay attention to any game outside of like the Steelers realm. But for me, I just like the numbers. Like yeah. it, it's weird. My, I was telling, I think on an earlier episode that when I see like people's stats, I no longer just see like a hundred yards rushing, a touchdown, my mind like automatically just calculates that into the points that they got for fantasy. I'm like, oh cow, holy cow, they got like sixteen point nine points <laughs> or something like that. I can just calculate it all very quickly in my ma- my mind just looking at it. And so I enjoy that number aspect because it gives me like a, a good use of numbers. Yeah, I I've definitely seen like for a lot of people it, it helps them enjoy the sport more uh when when they go that way because they're not just rooting for one team or whatever. There it, it turns it into a something that they're kind of actively participating in versus just watching. I think if you want to root for an underdog this year, yeah, Ward might be the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. root for Ward. Uh, <laughs> All of our friends are going uh, to just start taking bets on, on <laughs> Ward's uh, <laughs> odds of doing well. <laughs> it's not going good. It's not going good. You're an underdog now. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't mind that part, but I feel like I've been an underdog my whole life. Let's get into, let's get into this. Furnace first. Fest. Oh man. Oh man. It was, it was a great weekend. I have not, I don't, I'm not a festival guy really. I haven't been to a, like a real music festival in quite some time. I definitely haven't been to a festival. Where it was mostly all heavy music since oh my gosh i guess like yeah whenever the last cornerstone florida was and even that wasn't all heavy music but it was a lot so it's been a while so like it was a crazy range of emotions um kicking off with thursday night labeled fest which was put on Pretty much by the Emory guy, the guys of the band Emory. Yeah. So that was really cool. Uh, all of us were at that, right? All three of us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got there Wednesday. So I was like the first one on site of, well, maybe not the first, the first one of our group. I'll put it that way on site just right. because my flight. There was no one else in the in the city of Birmingham. No one else. I got there, and it was Tyler a ghost town. It was really strange. <laughs> I had to go behind the bar and make my own tacos. It was really crazy. All the locals knew that these crazy emo kids and hardcore kids were coming to town, so they dipped out. <laughs> Before we jump into it, I want to give my perspective just on one thing that I noticed Thursday morning. So I got there Wednesday. Okay. And I didn't really do a whole lot. I mainly went to um, get some food. I got a couple like local beers to try for the weekend. Like I just wanted to have them already on hand. So I didn't have to go look for them any other time. And uh, I pretty much just watched Hulu and chatted with you guys. (laughs) So I didn't do a whole lot on, on Wednesday, but Thursday I really wanted to hit up the record store. So after I got lunch, I went to seasick records in Alabama and I wanted to try to get more information regarding these exclusive releases that Furnace Fest was doing. There was five, and we only knew two. We didn't really know the whole scoop of the whole situation. And so I talked to one of the guys. Wait, there was five? Was, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the scavenger hunt that I'm sure we'll talk about later, I believe ended up being the other three because that would make five. And what were the first two? Yeah. The ones they announced were Thursday Full Collapse, which was on a silver uh, variant, and uh, Taking Back Sunday, Tell All Your Friends, on a oh, that's like right, a red smoky right. colored record. Okay, I know. Okay, I yeah, totally spaced on. And forgot totally about forgot them. about that entirely. My my mind was on something else. Yeah. The, the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had two specific so, shows. <laughs> right which we'll get into oh yeah so that afternoon i went to um seasick just to kind of get some information because the plan was which Ward and i talked about on the last episode but it was like after we got done basically rolling the episode because we didn't want to like give away our trade secrets and we knew seasick was going to have those records friday and we thought they would have all five so instead of going to the festival and going through the whole check-in line Let's just go to the record store. It'll be a smaller line. We'll get all the records and we'll go from there. Well, when I was talking, I talked to the guy for like 10 minutes. Um, I think both of you know how I can talk occasionally. And it was kind of like one of those conversations. So do our listeners. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I was talking with the guy like, hey, what do you, what do you really know about the, like, the five records? Are you going to have all five? Are you just going to have the two that were announced? And he's like, I know I'm going to have the two I announced or that were announced for sure. But I don't know about the other three. We have no clue what's going on with those yet. So um, what I wanted to mention about this whole story was I was probably in there for about like an hour, maybe to an hour and a half the whole time. And I was one of maybe like two or three people in the store when I first went there. But as I was in there, more people kept rolling in. I guess there was a show that night that I didn't realize that like I think Zale and Shai yeah. Halud was playing later. Did not know that. Walter Jericho? Yeah, I had no clue they were doing an in-store at that record store at all. I knew they were doing a stage, but I didn't. It was like someone from Furnace Fest. So as I'm there, I'm just hearing the people come in, and just the excitement building up for Furnace Fest was awesome. Because you could hear the excitement in everyone's voice. They were were just talking with this the same guy that I was talking to, just regarding all of the stuff going on for the weekend. And you could just hear the excitement, and it felt like there was this just – excitement getting ready to explode everywhere just it was going to be like this whole weekend was going to be pretty just epic for a lot of people there so that's just all i wanted to mention mainly was it just you could feel the energy that it was going to be something very special yeah i mean this weekend everything leading up to it was just like a perfect storm of badassery uh you had i mean yeah so like me and my buddy caleb we bought our tickets when they first went on sale, like, or we tried to, and the website crashed. And then we bought our tickets when they finally got the website back up and running. So we bought our tickets for what was supposed to be September 2020. Yeah, we bought we, we bought ours for that that same. Yeah, right. So you we got so we've been waiting a while. Y'all have too, and then obviously pandemic it got backed up. Then it got backed up again. So you got all these people that were excited for the festival this whole time waiting. Then you got people that over time got amped because they saw the changes happening, the new dates, the new bands. And then you have all these bands that have been cooped up. Some of them hadn't played at all. Not only did we have reunion sets, I'm sure we'll talk more about the ones that like really hit for us, but we also had 
these bands that are active and haven't been able to play out much. Definitely to, not to a crowd that size in so long. So you have all of this mixed together to just like, so everyone yeah. is hyped. Oh, it was almost sure. like every band at the festival was playing a reunion show because right. it had been, you know, yeah. about almost two years for most of everybody, or it had been that long. A lot of bands weren't touring at the time. They right. had, you know, there's probably half the industry at any given moment is recording, you know. So there was a lot of bands that weren't actively on tour. And this right. was either their first show back or one of the first ones. So, yeah, there was definitely that excitement as well as the excitement of everyone going there who, who were just feeding into each other uh, the excitement. Because I, I think it was all just like huge groups of friends that were going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I saw, like, yeah. I did, outside of our house, I didn't get to hang out with anyone long. But that was, that's one thing I'll talk about it later. Well, um, like, but that's one thing I would like to be able to somehow figure out. Can't really change it in the fest. If you, you know, with a festival like this, that there, if you want to see a band almost every slot, uh, like I did, you don't have much time to just hang out. But I, you know, like one of my friends, Ryan Luther, ended up being one of the main people up putting the festival together. So he and I talked to each other real quick. He gave me a, he gave me a, uh, like throat lozenge after further seems forever. He, you know, <laughs> and and we were asking <laughs> a little bit beforehand uh, because I knew he was part of it. You know, and but that was it. I saw, but the the gentleman who got me into the scene, a guy named Nick Riccani, he was there. We were going to lunch on Friday. He was coming into the festival. He was in line to get in. We hugged. We said hello. That was it. And a few other people. A dude I hadn't seen in almost fifteen years was a big part of the scene for me. Originally from Tallahassee, he was there. Met my buddy Caleb at Cameron. Uh, we all we were together for the Unearth set. Uh, but yeah, that was a big part of it. So many people were there with friends, like all of us in our house. And then so many people got to see people we haven't seen in so long. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of you guys before anyone that went to the cabin, which I think the only one that did out of the entire group was Dresden. And I think, I mean, I saw her last August when we had the cabin, but everyone else had been since at least Dallas, which was holy cow, two year, two and a half years ago. Like that's crazy. That's so yeah. long ago. That's where I saw you know when I, when I last seen most of us that stayed there um, that had went to the conference in Dallas. Yeah. So it's just all these situations that build up to just such an amazing weekend. And at least for me, it uh, it hit as a home run. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing a show with your friends is a special experience there. It's definitely different than just going to a show by yourself or, or yes. with one other person or something like when it's you and five or six of your friends that are like all super into the same band that are, you know, all screaming along and stuff. It, it, it's, it's definitely special. And that's not something I've ever actually experienced before. Like that was, that was kind of a first time for me. I would say what's right. cool is not only you enjoying it and happy um, for whichever band you're seeing, you also see if you're like with your friends, maybe a band that you're somewhat interested in, but not fully, but you see the excitement on their face enjoying the band and almost gives you joy just seeing how happy oh, yeah. they are. 
because I know that's happened to me in the past at like music festivals and whatnot. So, I mean, obviously it carried over into this as well, but uh, it was just, it was quite an experience. Like I, I thought it was just a great yeah, weekend. And there I was still, a couple of bands I wasn't even planning on seeing uh, uh-huh. that I ended up seeing just because of how excited everyone was. I was like, well, crap, now I got to see right. them. yeah yeah for sure so all right do we want to do this by day how do we want to knock out like what we like and so forth i i'm fine doing by day but i really want to talk about three bands that i just really really enjoyed a lot um it doesn't have to be a certain number but the three that meant the most to me um i just i'm really excited to talk about that so if that's cool we could do that first okay I mean, this is not me first, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, just talk about bands we really enjoyed, whether it be, like, don't go over everyone, but maybe, like, a few sets that really meant something to you. Yeah, I'm just going to go through the whole festival. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about everybody yeah, I saw. Yeah. First off, yeah, so, okay. I'm going to go first. How about... Okay. <laughs> I got I got to mention Turnstile. <laughs> because even though they weren't my oh, yeah. favorite band at the festival, they were my number three favorite set. I didn't know what to expect from a show from them at all because I'd never seen them live. They're a band I just got into this year. Uh, they right. came up on a playlist. It was um, Alien Love Call or Alien Love Song, rather, uh, that I heard after one of my one of the album I was listening to on Spotify. And it just blew my mind because it was like, oh, man, it's like an indie band I really like mixed with like this 80s like punk hardcore sound. And it was just incredible. I just like fully do- like dove into Turnstile after that. And so I didn't even know they were going to be at the festival. I was telling Ward about Turnstile. He's like, you know they're going to be at Furnace Fest, right? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, they're, they're going to be at Furnace Fest. And I was like, oh, my God. They're, they're shooting up to like – I think they ended up number two that day behind Showbread. Like a must for me to, to see Turnstile. And so I didn't know what to expect. But when they started doing the balloons with the lights in them and – which is not for was actually not for it wasn't i was told oh okay it seemed like it was um oh it fits them perfectly. yeah because it seems because they're set who is it for um so i took a video of that because like uh caleb and cameron they were basically wore out after knock loose caleb actually said he had ptsd (laughs) ptsd from a converge show from knock loose so he's like i'm done i'm done um (laughs) i took a video of that and i texted it to both of them and cameron said oh yes i saw that they went ahead and let loose the andrew wk balloons so he he Uh, was under the impression that makes sense he was under the impression they were something for andrew wk which just so listeners know one disappointment was andrew wk dropped out of the fest which led to Turnstile, instead of playing much earlier in the day, Heart support. they ended up headlining the Plug Your Hole stage at the end of uh, Sunday night, which was the mainly the heavy stage. It was also what I heard a few people say, the heartbeat of Furnace Fest. Because so much of Furnace Fest is, yes, there's emo, yes, there's punk, yes, there's poppy. But so much of Furnace Fest is really born out of metal, hardcore, metalcore. And that's what most of the Plug Your Holes was. Yeah. Well, the balloons were just, well, like I said, I thought they were, for, it makes sense, Andrew WK, for sure. Um, but I thought it was right. for Turnstile, and it just seemed to fit their set. Like, that's why I wouldn't have even questioned it, because 
my favorite thing about their set it oh, was sure. it was just so much fun. They were having fun. They played yep. great. Um, they really it went by so quickly. It seemed they played like thirty or forty minutes, and I was like, "Hey, they're done already." But then I looked on like I found like their actual set list from the show, which was on, like on Setlist FM, and I think it was thirteen or fourteen songs. So they did play a lot of songs. It just went by so quickly. It I was like, "Ah, oh, can, can you play a couple more, please?" <laughs> A lot of their songs yeah, are short. Two, three minutes. Yeah, they don't really have a whole lot of long songs. Yeah, very old school, yeah. like punk with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, they, and their set they increased this. by like 20 minutes the day before. So it was yeah, like right. they, the prep I, time was, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of prep time to add an extra 20 minutes. Right. I don't think they did. I think they pretty much. That's, that's obviously I don't know, but my guess is they pretty much stuck with the set they had planned, which was like you said, Alex, a shorter set that uh, which because it was scheduled for earlier in the day. So I think that's what they did, which was fine by me because after that I was exhausted. Uh, I will say this is just for me personally. I've never seen them before either. I've listened to them a little bit longer than Tyler, but Tyler probably knows their music as a whole better than me now. Uh, because he's been so focused on them the last several weeks. But I do think it took them a little bit to get into it. But I don't know. I just feel like they kind of, maybe because they weren't necessarily expecting that big of a crowd, they've blown up so fast. that So they were prepared for one set at one time, for one amount of time, like certain time period. And then that... They ended up being at a much bigger, you know, much bigger crowd, obviously a more pivotal time slot. And to me, it was definitely fun. I enjoyed it. I knew all I knew all the songs pretty much. But I felt like it took them a little bit of time to get comfortable. Whereas, Is it because he didn't take off his shirt until like the last third of the set? Second half of the set. And that actually is kind of a thing. I just thought it was funny. But that's but that is what they're known for. They're known for from like the first song ripping into it and, and fans being like, whoa, holy cow, this is off to like a bang immediately. And one of the things that it's known for is the lead singer is usually out of his shirt by the halfway through the first verse of the first song. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, as a musician, I totally get it, though. Like your crowd is probably double what you anticipated. Your set time just increased by 20 minutes. You're definitely not prepared for that. And you're the headliner of that stage for that day. And you were the supposed to be the, let me see this, the like. I think it was like six or something. Seventh band. There were supposed to be four bigger bands after you. Right. And now you're the yeah. biggest. And that's stressful. Um, so I definitely get that. I I think, uh, it's definitely commendable that they, you know, uh, overcame that and put on that good of a show. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It was a great time there. They're all good to watch. I mean, that's one of the things They're just so much fun to watch their basis. I don't know if this is all time. It's my first time selling them, seeing them live, but at least, this show, to me, their bassist, like, stole. He was the rock star of the band. What side of the stage was he on? 
He was wearing his uh, the turnstile hoodie. Oh yeah, he was wearing the green hoodie. Yeah. The green hoodie. Yeah. He sang on one of the songs. Yeah, yeah. He was jamming. And it's it's funny because like you can tell yeah. from some of the pictures that I've seen of them playing live, like he'll jump and, and like there's a bunch of random pictures where he's not upright. Like he's either on his back or doing something crazy. So that I'm definitely not surprised by it just to see it in pictures, but. It was just – it had so much energy. It seemed ve- it was seemed very light and fun compared to a lot of the sets that I had seen. They were, we're not saying they weren't fun, oh, yeah. but they seemed to have a lot of energy and a lot of fun. And Ward is right. They've, they've skyrocketed. I can't believe – I mean, I don't say I can't believe it because they're very talented. But since they released Glow On, it seems like they have just like – they've just – they're like really big, like getting really big right now. They can have all this like – noise about them yep yeah well while i was trying to find our friends in the crowd which i was very proud of myself for doing successfully because it was not easy but while i was trying to find them there was these two younger guys they looked college age maybe just out of college so so my 39 year old self much younger guys um and i heard overheard them talking like wow did this band just like blow up or something and i and i so i commented i was like yeah they and with their new album, they've exploded. And I said they already had, you know, a good following, but now they're everywhere. And they and the two guys said they just found out about them like two or three weeks ago. And so they could not. They were like, "Wow, there are so many people here to see this band." Yeah, I think everybody found out about them two to three weeks ago, kind of thing. A lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I mean, even uh, one of our one of my friends who was uh, tour managing a band that was at the festival, uh, he found out about them right before they went on tour and was like, what is this? And that was the <laughs> only album they listened to on the tour yeah. as a band. They just played it in their tour van the, or tour bus thing uh, the whole time. So they had listened to that album for like two weeks straight by the time they watched them. And so far they have continued to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're out of like, out of the bands that played, if they're, if you were to say winners of the festival, they are definitely up there. <laughs> I mean, they just, they killed it. They made so many new, they have so many new fans now. And, you know, if there is, well, we know that there is going to be another Furnace Fest now. Spoiler alert, everyone that doesn't know that they are doing a Furnace Fest next year. And I know for me personally, I would love for Turnstile to be back. Can you imagine them on the main stage next year? Like if they got even like an afternoon, like a two, three o'clock, four o'clock afternoon slot on the main stage? Because Silent Planet had that, and I feel like they're way bigger than Silent Planet right now. Or right maybe, now. maybe if not, they are definitely going to be in a year from now. Yes, i i would i would I would disagree though. Just from this aspect, I like okay. them more in the Plug Your Hole stage. So the Plug Your Hole stage, for people that don't know, I don't know what it was because this literally was at what used to be a furnace place it's a museum it's like old like machinery and it's industrial furnace i guess i don't know how to describe it 
I don't know. But I would call it like an industrial space that right. that basically is enclosed by metal all the way around. So except for like the one side where you enter, and I'm sure the back side was probably open as well, or at least some area, like a garage door or something where the where the band could load in and out. The whole place pretty right. much is enclosed by metal. So not only is the band yeah. loud, it's extra loud in there because everything's reverberating off of the metal. So it's just like if you're if it's like a metal band, like uh who was the band that was like looked like Stevo? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, duh. Uh, yes, they were extremely loud. Like with air, with earplugs, it was still very loud in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best way to describe it is it is a like a metal warehouse that slopes down in the center. So both ends are higher than the center, which makes it great for a stage because you just put the stage in the center. Or uh, it honestly would have been better if they had pushed it back just a little bit so the stage was a little higher. And then you would have been able to see it from anywhere because you kind of have this sloping yep. auditorium kind of thing. Um, right. I do agree it with used that, to be the main stage yeah. for, yeah, it did. for Furnace and, Fest. And, it, and the old Furnace Fest back in the day didn't have as many people as this one. You know, so it made yeah. sense back then. But for me, a band like Turnstile, a lot of the heavier bands, it fits in there. So like me personally... I would have rather, yeah. Obviously, the crowd would have been too big for every time I die and under oath and the inside there. But some of the heavier bands that played the main stage, like Silent Planet, Every Time I Die, Under Oath, I would have rather seen them in the Plug Your Holes stage. We're calling it that. That was the name of it because that was the sponsor, a company that does. Did they do so, earplugs? Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry, not oh. earplugs. No, I'm sorry, not earplugs. You sure it was earplugs? <laughs> so, like, fishing. I'm sorry. Shh. I don't I'm tired, <laughs> fishing. okay? Not fishing. <laughs> fishing plugs. plugs. Ear pierce, piercings. So, you know, like the big oh, okay. gauges that stretch. <laughs> that's, that's, like, what their main thing was, I think. I saw, their, I saw their booth there as well. But that's why their logo is, like, a cartoon face of a guy with, with gauges in his ear. So, yeah. So anyways, that's gotcha. why we're calling it that. But for me, those really heavy bands like that uh, are actually better there than on the main stage because it... I would agree know. with Silent... I was going to say, I would agree definitely with Silent Planet. Like, if they would have played... I mean, I enjoyed them, of course, on the main stage and everything. What was it, like, Saturday afternoon? No, Friday afternoon. But if they were in yeah. that area, I know how their sound is from seeing them in that uh, club where I saw them open for August Burns Red. That would have been a really, really good show inside um, on that Plug Your Hole stage just because of all the, the metal and the way their whole sound is and how it would have just come off of the metal and just reverberated and just been like really intense and everything. It would have been really good there. And it's a different feel. It's a different feel when it's that crowded and all. And there's less, it's just there's something that it could be oppressive, but if you're a fan of that music, it just adds to the energy. Yeah, I think with any band that that is kind of just more intense in general, you know, whether right. it be more punk leaning or metal or or what have you, that kind of venue is going to lend itself to uh, just being a better experience because people are all kind of close together, you know, kind of crammed in there like sardines, and it is just much louder, and you, it just like you feel it more than. 
even like the main stage right. where it's just kind of like you can be incredibly far away and still see the band. And it's just right. kind of, there are a lot of bands that yeah. can pull that off and do very well. Like I really liked Amberlin on the main stage. I thought they did a great job and it was cool to see them. Um, and I don't know that it would have been like, I'm sure it could have been cooler to see them on a real small stage or whatever, but I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything by them playing that massive stage. Right. I will say they brought a lot. I didn't watch um, Anne Berlin. I was seeing, uh, they played the same time as Beloved for me. So when Beloved ended, I was looking for something that day. I think I was looking for the day two record. Um, I managed to hear three or four Anne Berlin songs and they sounded, I've never seen them in a massive venue like that. Like, man, I don't even know the biggest crowd I've seen for Anne Berlin. I know it's not been that big. Uh, maybe couple thousand is what i want to say um or maybe warp tour would be the closest comparison i would have but they sounded great on the main stage like they they didn't sound like a band that was like too small for the main stage they sound like they they were perfect for the main stage they had a big sound um you could hear them like they just sounded really really good oh for sure yeah and and i think their their music kind of lends itself to that kind of environment to where you you know if you want to be up close you can for sure you know, you can go and chill in the back and just kind of enjoy it, um, which is basically what I did uh, because I did I did see most of the beloved set. Um, right. Okay, well, I guess let's go and go back into your 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 three. You had Turnstile. What were the other ones? Um, I won't talk a lot about this one because I know you probably will. <laughs> but uh, Showbread was my uh, second favorite set of the whole weekend. Uh, one. It was great being right up front for them. I was like right against the yeah. barrier and I got great pictures. Uh, I just felt like I really got a great view of the entire set. I love No Sir uh, as an album. It's like one of my top like 30 albums. I just, I just love that record. And they did most, I will say they didn't do every song from it, but they did a lot of the songs from it. Um, I'm glad they worked in some Age of Reptiles. I enjoyed that. Um, but they, they just, no, I was not either. And I just, I just love it. It seemed like a, they were only to get, they're not a band anymore, supposedly. Um, According to (laughs) him saying it multiple times, Josh Dye, but uh, yeah, they, they just, I thought they they had a really great energy. Um, They seemed to interact excellent with the crowd itself. Um, It seemed like the, the stage was back being up front and kind of looking back, you're only, you can only see so far back, but it seemed like a lot of people were there to see them. Um, just overall, great time at that show. Or that set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go, sure. Alex? Because I know that, that they were such a big deal for you going over there. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, I, I have, like, I have two showbread tattoos. It's, it's a problem. Uh but he's not lying. <laughs> and <confirmed. laughs> yeah, I, I they were just such a a big deal for me when I when I first discovered them because I had never heard anything like what they were doing uh, or liked anything in that heavier kind of world with lots of screaming or anything like that. They were kind of my first uh, foray into that. Besides um, bands that would just occasionally scream or something. Um, and it, it also had this 
uh, I was raised really conservative Christian, so we weren't allowed to listen to non-Christian music. So listening to a band that had quote-unquote Christian lyrics was the the only option. And they had that, but not in the traditional way. Um, it, w- it was all very challenging of... Traditional Christianity, as well as challenging of uh, individuals and how we, you know, think of ourselves, and uh, it was also very personal um, and real. It, it felt a lot more real than a lot of bands uh, tend to be in that world, and that was something I had never experienced, and so it was a huge deal for me. And they, you know, even though I you know, I don't identify as a Christian any longer. Uh, it still is a band that I enjoy listening to um, and enjoy their perspectives on, uh, even though it's stuff, you know, stuff I've heard a thousand times at this point. So seeing them, it was uh, my second time seeing them. And I had only seen them once before and I was yeah. like 16. And you don't really appreciate things as much at 16 as you do at you know, a little over a decade later. So uh, I did appreciate it at the time. Just it was a lot more meaningful uh, for me now because I knew it was like, this is it. And, you know, I I have kind of come into my own as a, as a person, you know, I'm not still trying to find out who I am and, you know, what, what I want to do with my life kind of thing. Or at least not to the same level as a 16 year old. For sure, yeah. So I'm a little bit older than both of you, obviously. For, I How old are you? A, You're 39, right? Yeah, he's 84. 80, 39, going on 84. It was uh, a joke so. inside the house because he kept saying the whole weekend, "I'm 39." Like I, we had to walk a couple blocks. I'm 39. I can't do this. And I said, "There will be a pop quiz after the weekend." And the first question, well, on it would be, "How old is Ward?" How old is Ward? Yeah. So I have a lot of I have a bit of history as a fan of this band. I discovered them before they got signed. Uh, oh, so, well, aren't you cool? Oh yeah. So cool. <laughs> uh, the album. I don't think I was born called, by the time that band started. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, the first, the, the first album I knew about them on was life kisses and other wasted efforts. And then I saw them. I was alive during that time. I saw them in Cornerstone, Florida, and they were as amazing as I hoped they would be. And it was, and then it was that same summer. I want to say they ended up getting signed in tooth and nail. So I was already on the bandwagon. Uh, I saw them a few times. I, I've been trying to recount. I think I've seen them six times. I, I have, uh, I have experienced hanging out with them. This is. I'm not saying this to my horn. I've hung out with them like twice. Uh, one time. I used to be part of this website me and some friends tried to make uh, and I interviewed them. So, I, well, I interviewed Josh and Ivory, the two vocalists of the band. And I quickly learned that outside of talking about their faith, everything else they said in the interview was probably a lie. <laughs> um, this was really early on. They were, they were on the tour of like the new acts on solid state. So it was, he is legend. Uh, Showbread, 
I forget who the third band was, and then the fourth band was the headliner was the Chariot. So, anyways, maybe the showdown. The showdown was on of stereo then. So, but was that the oh, tour? Okay. They said the guys in He Is Legend were made of uh, grass clippings. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that. <laughs> Showbread kept saying, please be jumping. Please, please be jumping. Please be jumping. And it's in the interview <laughs> that I probably don't have anymore. It's definitely not online. But anyways, so I got to do that. Another time, a friend of mine actually got offered to be their drummer when they were looking to replace their drummer. Didn't happen. But during a show, after a show in Tallahassee, they stayed at his house. So we got to hang out. And my buddy, there's a reason I'm going through this long story of, that that was like culminated as like a mountaintop at their set. So anyways, bear with me. We went back to his... We You're went, just bragging. No, That's we all this back. is. <laughs> Listen, have you ever hung out with a classic crime in a jewelry parking lot? <laughs> We're not even going to go there. Um, so anyways, <laughs> after their set, we went back to my buddy Rick's house, a bunch of us, and they, they were staying there. And some of, so some of them were hungry, one of them being Ivory. And my buddy Greg Irwin was there. And they were his favorite band. Like, Greg and his buddy Gabron had dressed up for Halloween as the singers of Showbread. Greg was Josh, and Gabron was Ivory. Because Greg's, Greg's white, Gabron's black. So, Josh and Ivory are also that. So it just worked out perfect. So Greg talked Gabron and dressing up with him. He didn't have to uh, work too hard for it, but he loved this band. So they were, some of them were hungry and Greg was just like, real quiet. I got a car. I'll drive you. And so took him to get food, brought him back. But then weeks after that, I'd be in the car with, with Greg and he would just be, we'd be driving, talking about whatever, listening to music. And he would all of a sudden say, Ivy was in that seat. Ivory was in my car. Ivory's <laughs> ass was on that seat. Oh my God. And he would like flip out for a few seconds. Well, they were his favorite band. Before Furnace Fest, the last time I saw Showbread was with Greg. And, and we saw them on what's called the Anorexia Nervosa Tour, which was two albums they released together, concept albums, amazing work of art. So I'm not going to take the time to go into it, but everyone should check it out. Just what they did there was phenomenal. But Greg got, after, shortly after that, Greg got diagnosed with leukemia. Greg beat leukemia. Greg got diagnosed with leukemia again and died. And for the longest time, I don't know if his Facebook page is still up, but for the longest time, Greg's Facebook photo was him crowd surfing doing a showbread show. Like, that was the culmination for him. So, of course, standing in the crowd during their set, I very quickly started thinking about Greg. And then about, at some point, I see someone crowd surf close to the stage. And I just, and that was when I started crying. (laughs) You know, because it, it, oh, for sure. Because uh, they were, yeah. they meant so much to him. He was a good bit younger than me, but we were definitely friends. I had been friends with his older brother, and then Greg and I actually became closer. Uh, so yeah, that was just 
that was a big point for me. That was the only time during the festival that I truly cried. Not the only time that I almost, but that was the only, that was the time that the tears actually really came. But yeah, they, they were phenomenal. Like I, like I tell people all the time, when you see showbread, you're going to be exhausted afterwards because of the energy and the way they perform on stage. And that was true for me again, but they, it was awesome. That was definitely one of the reunions I was very excited for. Yeah, that 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 them being on the on the bill was the thing that pushed me over, and I was like, I have to go. Like, I I can't afford it. I'm putting this on my credit card. I'm going. Um, but, yeah, because it's like the one time you're gonna get to see them maybe ever again. Maybe they'll never play another yeah, show. Yeah, and it was like this is the band, you know. Yeah. Um, there was other bands on, on the, you know, I, I basically. I had a hard time finding time to eat throughout the day because there were so many bands I wanted to see. Same. And, and theirs was just I the one that I was like, I'm going to see them. Did Ward, did Ward die? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Oh. <laughs> Whatever that noise was that we won't bother to edit out was not me. Is that me? <laughs> I'm just here smoking my cigar. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it's fell down a flight of stairs. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just hearing like, oh god, we were checking on somebody. I think they just died. <laughs> Any, anyways, apologies. Uh, but yeah, no, I was the same way. I Friday we all got lunch at that place. That was right beside the festival, which, oh my gosh, I bet they, they had to have done incredible business over the weekend. Oh, they made some bank that weekend for sure. Back 40 Brewing Company. They had good beer. They had good food. It was bar food, but it was good food. And it was literally across yeah. the street. From the farthest point of the festival, you could be, you could be there in 10 minutes if you were like super slow. Like walking stopping and talk you know like they were just it was perfect location for them so that but friday was the only day i really had a break for food like during while at the festival uh every other the rest of the time i ate before and i ate after but i did not yeah that was the only time i wow. ate at the that during the actual festival day so well, I'm very skinny and weigh like four pounds, so I had to eat. Um, it was just hard to find time. Uh, it was at very yes. random intervals throughout the day uh, or um, in between sets or, or there was a band I didn't care to, you know, I didn't have to be up front for or something like that. It was, it was, yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, I'm like yeah. the oh- I was going to say, like, I was, like, the only one, I guess, that had, like, breaks in the schedule. Like, there might have been, say, two or three shows in a row. Um, I think Friday might have been the best example of that. But the other days, there would be, like, a show or two, and then a break, or a show, then a break, and then two more, then a break. So I had some breaks work. That's just because you hate good music. (laughs) (laughs) I I had breaks, but I was doing something. So, like, speaking again of showbread, I had a break that Sunday, and we all got in line for the showbread merch. And I'm like, that line was taking so long, I was going to miss what I was wanting to get to next. Thank you again, Alex, for grabbing the shirt for a buddy. 
and then the tape for me. So I was able to make it for yep. uh, a call. So who was it? Oh, I was to make it for Unearth, which is they were incredible. But yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have. There's that noise again. Okay, it's definitely put my phone in my pocket. I don't know why it is registering oh, it. That's funny. <laughs> I don't That's understand. Funny. This makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, if I put my phone in my pocket, it 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 freaks out and thinks you guys need to hear that. So I am sorry about that. Oh well, it's okay. That's all right. That's okay. No one comes on the stairs. We're good. So all right. Um, and you're the guest, Alex. So any any. I fell down the stairs, so I, I'm just really embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any any other highlight right now before and then I guess I'll go and we'll just keep spit firing. Uh I I mean the the other big one. I I had two big ones that were the reason I went to the festival cuz I was like I I can't miss cuz otherwise I would have probably just gone for showbread on one day. But then right. I come to find out that Stavesaker is playing on Friday. And Showbread's playing on Sunday. So I was like, well, I'm going to the whole festival. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Stavesaker was another one of those bands um, that just kind of, not, I guess, Stavesaker some, but just Mark Solomon in general um, really kind of introduced me to a lot of things that I, you know, just didn't realize existed. Um, it was specifically his band Neon Horse, uh, which if Neon Horse ever played a show, I don't know what I would do. It's dangerous. I've still not listened to them. I it's, just, I, really? Yeah, I just oh, so it's heard. great. Yeah, so when Stave Saker was already starting to be on their way out when I got into the scene, but I very quickly learned that Stave Saker were they were a very big band as this scene which the scene is born out of alternative christian music i say alternative not as like that genre but just alternative underground christian music that's what stave saker stave saker helped birth that scene and furnace fest is very much born out of that while it's even though it's always been a festival of not just christian bands but these bands like that scene, that underground at the time, you had a lot of Christian bands that started in playing with secular. Uh, but yeah, Stave Saker, Mark Solomon especially, are kind of like godfathers of this scene. Yeah, and and he's always been... And for Alex, he made an offer he could not refuse. Oh, really? Jesus Christ. It's a godfather oh, you, joke. You, I had to. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Ward was like, "What was the offer?" <laughs> well, I knew he talked to you. Do, do you want to do a guest battle on your new album? <laughs> oh, dude. It, oh, okay. So, anyways, so, um, yeah, Neon Horse is, is this weird rock band that has this kind of. I don't even know how to describe it. Just kind of haunted sound. Like it's almost like Halloween music, sort of. Does that make sense? Um, Like it's intentionally creepy and over the top. Yeah, Uh, it is very weird and it's intentionally weird. Yeah, his whole thing was he was making it with his buddy, Jason Martin, who's in the band Starflyer 59. 
What up? And heck yeah. <laughs> and um, he, when it came to vocal stuff, he kind of created these two different characters because he knew he wanted it to be basically two vocalists, okay. but they were both him. And so he created these two very distinct characters gotcha. um, that hated each other in his mind. And so that's how they kind of wrote stuff and performed things. And when he was recording in the studio, um, he was recording vocals behind Jason Martin, who was facing the other direction. And so every time, uh, basically every time he would do a take, he would just try to do something ridiculous. Uh, and anytime he just kind of saw Sounds like Mark. Jason's head bobbing and his shoulder shaking, you know, cause he's laughing. He was like, that's it. That's the take. And, and, and that's what it was. It was just, you know, two friends having a good time gotcha. making stuff that they found goofy and fun. And, and that's what it is. But it also like is legitimately impressive musically and, and lyrically. And there, there's a lot of really interesting things that I mean that's kind of the thing with any band you know when you guys are actually having fun and enjoying what you're doing uh that's usually where innovation and and quality stuff is birthed so um I found that band and was like who the heck is this singer I've never heard someone sing like either of these guys and later found out it was one guy and it's Mark Solomon he's got this uh you know, kind of hard rock band, kind of nineties hard rock band. Um, and I was like, well, now I got to check it out. And I listened to it and I was like, I like, it, it feels familiar because I know that genre, you know, I know Alice and James and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm not super into that world, but there was just something unique about it in his, you know, his, his vocals as well as uh, his lyricism and just kind of the energy he brought was just very unique and interesting. So um, it just, it caught me in a way that most bands in that genre don't. And so I just, ever since anytime he, you know, he's a, he's a guy with a million different side projects. And so every time he has a side project, I'm on board and it's always great. Um, So they they were the other band. And I, their set absolutely blew me away. Did either of you see it? And they were another reunion. Yes. Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. They they had kind of uh, they had broken up, um, and then they got back together to make an album. And he doesn't really love it that much <laughs> from. What it seems like with some of his interviews, because his heart just kind of wasn't totally in it, um, because it just kind of felt right. like this was the band for me. Like this was what my passion was, what my dream was, was to do this full time, and now we can't. And now we're kind of just making an album for the sake of making an album for this band, and it was just kind of right. like it was just kind of disappointing and half-hearted kind of felt like for him. So, um, and that's not me putting words into his mouth. That was, that was what he was saying on, on someone else's podcast. Not, not too long ago. Um, but yeah. And then they broke up after that and then reunited for this festival because I'm not mistaken. I'm fairly certain they played furnace fest more than once. Um, 
probably, I would think so. My, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I didn't um, go to any of those originals, but my guess is they did because they were already such a yeah. part of the scene. Uh, and it was people, their friends who have put them together. That's how I knew my buddy Ryan Luther because I had not seen him in many years. We hadn't kept in touch. Uh, that's how I, from listening to the labeled podcast and Mark mentioning him is what made me realize, oh, Ryan is, Ryan is part of this. This makes sense. You know, so. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Cause him and Ryan are also, uh, I guess, coworkers. Right? Yeah. Or they used to be, I don't know if they still are, but they used yeah, to yeah. be, uh, yeah. Ryan got him a job back in the day. So, uh, but yeah. So yeah, their, their show, it was just, it, I mean, it's a rock, he's a, it's a rock band, but he's got, which was kind of a little bit of a different change of pace for that, uh, for the festival in general though. Cause most of the bands, right. um, were, you know, emo metal, hardcore, that kind of stuff. They're a band that, really influenced and inspired a lot of the band, even though the other bands end up being more metal or hardcore, more, more emo than you would probably say Stavesaker is Stavesaker influenced a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. So it, it definitely had that kind of vibe within the audience. It, it was a lot of the bands watching, uh, or just kind of the older right. people in the crowd. Um, who were there the whole weekend or, or what have you. Um, and so, yeah, that, and that was kind of cool to see like, Oh, some of these bands I like are absolutely losing their minds to this set, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was, it, it, it was yeah. once again, just like this really unique show. He, he's the, the band played fantastically. They had probably one of the tightest sets of any band uh, over the weekend, which is wild to me because these guys are not a full-time band uh, at all, and they had just practiced for this one show, and he's the only one who plays music anymore. Um, so it was it was right. mind-blowing how, how tight they were and how just engaging uh, the entire show was, and, and he has uh, a very unique stage presence, which I, I haven't uh, seen before, uh, or at least done well, um, like he does, just because he, he's a very odd looking guy. Uh, for <laughs> his, he is. doesn't look like he has that voice, no, uh, that singing voice, and he doesn't look like he would be writing those words and in that manner, right? Like he looks like, oh, this guy's a hell's angel kind of thing, like that's that's what he kind of yeah. looks like, he just looks like a biker. Um, yeah, very accurate, yes. And he's this very progressive, uh, kind-hearted, funny guy who does not take himself seriously at all. And so his stage presence is this really interesting, almost... Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know how to describe it other than it's almost kind of like a, a ballet of sorts of going kind of dancing from this hyper masculine intensity that it, the scene is kind of known for, uh, and then flipping and doing very, uh, more, a lot more of the effeminate, uh, kind of, uh, stuff that, that, uh, 
the emo scene is more known for with their front men, if that makes sense. So, you know, he, and, and it was all as just kind of in a funny, goofy way. You know, if he was scowling or something, it was over the top and goofy. If he was uh, doing the more feminine stuff, he was curtsying and and doing a little dance move or a spin or something. And uh, it, it was just, it was all very funny uh, and it, just a good time. Like he was just enjoying himself up there and enjoying this music uh, and just kind of felt free to do whatever he wanted. And so he did. Uh and that was it was awesome to see and and refreshing, honestly. Like a lot, I feel like a lot of bands take them, can take themselves too seriously, um, right? And I I think he kind of takes himself as seriously as as what works for him, if that makes sense. You know, he's serious about what he's saying, um, but he's also playing music and he's just there to have a good time. Um, so yeah, that one blew me away as well and, and was one I was very stoked for. And so, uh, I got lucky enough to get to talk to him for a while afterwards. Um, uh, probably mostly because, uh, my wife wore a neon horse shirt, uh, during the set that he called out <laughs> while he was on stage. He was like, Hey, I like yeah. your shirt. And then went back to the song. <laughs> and so when we, when we approached, he like pointed at it and was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He, yeah, he's definitely one of a kind. Like I said, he's like a godfather of this scene. Uh, were, were you the only of us three that called? Cause I know I didn't catch them. Did you catch them, Tyler? No, they were what? Saturday. They were Friday. 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 So I was watching Every Time I Die Friday when they played. Yeah. yeah. I knew there was a band we yeah. discussed in chat and in real life. And yeah, I, I, I have always wanted to see Every Time I Die. They played locally here in Morgantown and I didn't get the chance to go. So they were like a must for me as long as there was no one in my like top four or five playing at the same time. So that's why I went to go same. see them instead. Yeah. I mean, Every Time I Die is, is an incredible band. So I, yeah. I, I've seen them a lot. <laughs> probably 10 times at this point I've, wow. seen, I've seen them a lot uh, basically anytime they come anywhere nearby uh, I end up going uh, just because it's it's always incredible like they they always put on an incredible show oh, yeah, um, for sure so I, I felt a little bit more comfortable missing their set just because I had seen them so many times um, though I, I did want to see it still um, but I was like well if I'm going to miss anyone i'd rather it be a band i've seen a bunch of times you know and it's uh, still touring too yes exactly right yep that was by which, yeah say what? sorry go ahead oh i was just saying which uh kind of goes into the the beloved set of you know i ended up missing uh, uh most of the ambulance set to see beloved uh who i did not know of but i was like well this is probably going to be it so i might as well see him um and was blown away by them as well uh, just with how cool everything was and I was like man I wish this was still a band <laughs> yeah which I, I guess they, they technically are they are back together but they have said they don't know if there will be a new album or what 
I don't think this is the last time they're going to play. Well, no, it's definitely not. There's a, they're playing either tonight or maybe tomorrow. They're playing like soon. Uh, no, I think it's next weekend. Next weekend, they're playing a hometown show. But anyways, for anyone listening that does not know, Beloved is a was paramount in this happening. They were one of the main reasons so many people were there. They probably had out of everyone that played, there was probably more members of other bands at their set than any other. Like when Furnace Fest, from hearing podcasts about it, when the idea to do this Furnace Fest came up, they were thinking about it. And once Beloved, very early on, said, yeah, we'll do it. Once that announcement was made, it was crazy. Just like so many people immediately were like, we're going. I don't... I am going to this festival because they were a band. They put out, they put out this album failure on it exploded, not just in the Christian scene, but just in the emo hardcore scene in general and blew up. And then not long after that, they, they broke up and they had not been together until recently they started doing making music again to get ready for furnace fest. And so, so many people were there to see them and yeah, there. That was my third time seeing them, but obviously it had been quite a while, and it was it was phenomenal seeing them perform live because I never thought I would have the opportunity to see them again. As many many people, you know, and that know knew that band back in the day, so seeing them was obviously a highlight for so many people. They played Saturday night, and it was so crowded. I, I really yeah it it was a lot <laughs> it was wild like we went we sat through uh death heaven just to get like good like a good spot at their their set well i was gonna see death heaven either, heaven either way because i've been a fan of them mm-hmm. i haven't followed every album but i have some of their albums and i've listened so i i knew that they were a little bit different for this fest but when they got added on kind of late they were a band i wanted to see anyway but in general, I think a lot of people did that. They wanted a good spot for Beloved. Death Heaven was before, so they let their ears bleed because uh, it was so loud. <laughs> it was very loud. Yeah. I had earplugs. I knew I was going to need earplugs. Thankfully, our friend oh, yeah. Reva had brought extras, and she gave me two pair. So she saved me. Shout out to Reva. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Siemens. He got he gave me his uh, ear, he had extra ear um, earplugs because I was going to use my AirPods. <laughs> that is a horrible idea. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's also, going deaf, so <laughs> I was like, mm, I'll try it. <laughs> deaf heaven was going to make you deaf. Yes, yeah, it's it's very ironic. I know. Yeah. Um, so we waited through the deaf heaven set, and then Beloved comes on, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're in a good spot. This is good. My wife, who's 5'1", can see. Um, you know, uh, we could all see pretty well. And they come on. First song, boom, pit opens up. We're in the pit. Like, I am the, I am at the line of the pit. <laughs> I was the pit. And I was like, yeah, that's what happened. The pit opened up around us, and we just kind of backed up. And I was yep. like, I am still yep. in front. <laughs> and so my wife is freaking out because it's like, there's nowhere to go. She can't go backwards. She can't get out. Uh, 
and these people are losing their minds. Right. And she was like, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was, I had been in other, cause this was obviously in plug your holes, uh, which was the perfect uh, for them. But I had been there earlier in the day. So I knew how nuts it was probably going to be. I did not realize we were in it until like, just like you, the, that first song started and then boom there's the, it opens yeah, up at yeah, where we are <laughs> yeah i had flashbacks of my college days in the early 2000s <laughs> speaking of pits turnstile was nuts yes <laughs> those yeah. guys you you know you're doing well when you have two pits yeah, yeah. They had a front and a mid one, or like yeah, like like each one, each third, like the first third and the second third, and the second third and the, th- the third third, somewhere in that range. Right. It was incredible. Like yeah. that's a that's a band, like a heavier band's dream come true to have more than one pit at the same show at the same time. And they're you know? compared to everyone else, <laughs> they're relatively not that heavy. No, it, it's a lot more. <laughs> punk right and a lot of uh, hard there's a lot of like 80s hardcore which was yeah very yeah very which punk. which we kind of just think of as punk now right. exactly. uh because when exactly. you say hardcore yeah. and you think and you think older hardcore you're like oh like refused and you're like no 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 no, no. <laughs> right. that's much heavier <laughs> right so like friday night i spent most of my time friday at the main stage uh because you know like we already said, Silent Planet was there. They had a bit of a little bit of a pit. They were earlier on. Again, they I think it was awesome. They're like three o'clock. Yeah, it was awesome to see them, but early. but they would have better fit. Plug your holes. I saw every time I die. There was a pit. It was cool. And then Thursday, which while Thursday's not as heavy as those bands, they're definitely post hardcore. They have heavy moments for sure. And so there was a pit for them. And then obviously under oath headline and there was most definitely a pit i did what i had been saying i was gonna do before i turned 40 during the song boy brush red i'm gonna try to get in the pit i did not get in the pit i was far i was unable there was too much of a mass of people but i definitely rushed the crowd and like did my best i was kind of in there you know so i handed off my fanny pack with my hydration pack in it to our buddy Tom that was I'm proud of you us. dad I told our friend Meredith <laughs> and Tom I was like bye I'll be back and just and rushed my way in so as soon as Spencer from under Earth said uh don't shake I was gone <laughs> and so I did what I wanted to do. 440 I hit the pit one more time during their during their set but from what I've been told, bands like Zayo and Converge and 18 Visions, they all played that night in Plug Your Holes. And their pits were apparently insane, just incredible. And then Saturday, I ended up by myself for a little bit because it was a bit of that time. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, okay, what do I want to do here? Who do I want to see? So I decided I was going to go see this band, Shy Halud. Shy Halud's members have somewhat rotated over time. Their newest singer that is completely covered in tattoos. 
and very easy to spot. And he also was everywhere during the festival. People saw him everywhere. I saw him at a coffee shop the next day. But they played. So I was, I was going to go to that. I got a really good spot, just a little bit behind the pit, inside Plug Your Holes, by myself. And they started, and it just sent me back to seeing them in the early 2000s in this tiny little warehouse that was falling apart. Because uh, I think I've only seen them one other time other than that before Furnace Fest. And they're a, they're a metalcore band, but their feel and their pit is very like the hardcore we're used to, I would say. And it was phenomenal. They started going high energy, lead singers all over the place. This was like afternoon. It was like mid or later afternoon. And I was completely... Yeah, they played at uh, 410. Okay, yeah. Yikes, yeah, that was early. Again, yeah, quite early. A band that has been around for a long time. I mean, uh, going on 20 or just over 20 years now. I was completely unprepared for... Because it's been a long time since I've been to a show like that anyway. And it was just this rush of emotions and nostalgia and like, holy cow... This is what this scene is all about. While all these bodies are flailing all over the place, people are crowd surfing. They're like people are jumping on top of each other to sing into the mic and just like going insane. This sense of like community and camaraderie that you get at hardcore and metalcore shows, especially of that vibe. That's a little bit, it's like chaos. It's violent, but it's, it's not meant to be violent. To the same degree as some. Tell that to the right. guy who broke his arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, like it was, it was just incredible. And I. That was even during Silent Planet, wasn't it? That he broke his I arm? I don't know when he broke his arm. I think it was like. I, I thought it was. Yeah, I know he finished the day though, which is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, I like, think he up. broke it during Silent Planet. Maybe. Because and, and stayed because he wanted to see like converge and somebody else. Okay, he spent most of Saturday. I saw a post about it. He spent most of Saturday at the hospital, but then came back. Yeah, um, <laughs> he had to have, uh, emergency yeah, surgery. I hallooed. I almost, I almost started crying standing there, bobbing around by in this crowd by myself uh, because it was just that sense of um, this is what it's about. The community. I knew no one else there. This is not a band I follow. I can't tell you the name of any of their songs. I wasn't able to sing along, but just it was like the community and just the music and everything. It moved me so much. The band was so into it, so excited to be there. And that and the lead singer just held your attention in his tiny little chubby shorts and nothing else on, covered in tattoos. Uh yeah, I almost, it was all I could do not to cry. And then the next day I turn around, I'm at a coffee shop and I, and I, I see these guys kind of like all standing together in line, kind of behind a little backed off from the, from the register. And so I turn around and said, Hey, are y'all in line or have you ordered? They're like, yeah, we've already ordered. And then I realized he was one of them. And I was just like, Hey dude, y'all were amazing yesterday. And he usual like, thank yous, yada, yada, yada. And then I caught myself tearing up. So I just said thanks and quickly turned around so I could place my order so I didn't start crying there in the coffee shop in front of him. And it was just 
<laughs> you totally should have been oh up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and just I made him deal with it. I also didn't buy the hat <laughs> like, that they had for sale that I wish I had of. And I'm hoping they put it on their online store. I saw your post about that. It was like a, a Fest exclusive hat. Right. They only had for so that, I'm hoping, that festival. I'm hoping there were leftovers. I'm hoping they're going to put them on the website. I need to check again. But anyways... I mean, see if you can find him on Facebook. Send him a message and be like, hey, I'm the dude that cried at the coffee shop when I said hi to you. Do you guys have an extra hat I could have? <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it. But I, I can't think of his name, but who was the guy at the Dallas Con with the banana? Uh, oh, my Cameron God. Something. I can't think of I think his first name Cameron. I think his first name Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. It is. Ward was like Cameron, yes. except when he turned around and saw the guys from Shy Halud and one single tear dripped down his cheek. And he's like, guys. You guys are so good yesterday. Whole nother story. But yeah, they were phenomenal. Whole nother story for real. Yeah, that, but that was my high, that was, that's still the main surprise of the fest for me was just the emotion and that set the tone for the rest of it uh, for me. But then my highlight was and still is that night seeing Further Sings Forever. They are. They were in the first. They Dude. were one of the very first bands I ever got to sing because of their album, which they played. I think every song, if not, they played almost every song on "How to Start a Fire." Yeah, they did. I thought they did every song. So, and they were reunited with that singer that was only on that album, Jason Gleason, who was the first singer I saw them with. So, I have now seen them five times, and he bookended it for me. So that was and still is my highlight. I almost cried during their set because it was just, it was so good. I loved it so much. So like me and Meredith were in the crowd for that because that was like a pivotal, I don't know like what her top, whatever, but I know Thursday is a big band for her. Further Sin Forever is a big band for her. Uh, So that was awesome. Still my highlight was seeing them, Uh, but the, the Shy Halud was definitely what surprised me and then set my tone. And I spent a good bit of the day because that was also when we saw Beloved. That was also when we saw Death Heaven. I spent a good bit of the day in the shed on Saturday. And then the same thing yeah. on Sunday. So Sunday was, for me, the most like, this is metalcore, this is metal. Like the shed, it was violent. I don't know how many bloody people I saw on Sunday. It started with I was standing at the back for the band Barrier Dead. So I caught like the last three songs of theirs. Uh, because I, I think it was them before on Earth, if I remember correctly. So anyways, I caught the last three songs and I saw like a guy covering it up his eye. I was in the very back. And when he walked out... There was just blood running down his arm, and he had his hand over his right eye. And I saw so many people that day with with just bleeding from, I guess, being in the pit. But I will never forget. I heard the lead singer of Barrier Dead. Right before the last song, I hear him say, and I'll remember it word for word, but it was basically, this is your last chance to destroy somebody. Don't disappoint me. Oh my god! And it just and then Fred Durst came out, right? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Fred Durst was like, "Britney Spears destroyed my heart." Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, they just went off. 
and like talking to some of our friends that were some of my friends that were in the pit or were in the crowd closer they were just like yeah it was nuts it was so brutal and then after that we saw an earth which they're a band i've seen multiple times and they were a highlight for me i really I, originally i was going to choose between unearth and turnstile before turnstile moved and so I was very glad that turns, even though it meant we didn't see Andrew WK because he had dropped off. That's why Turnstile moved up to play last, and also dropped off the face of the earth. Seems like, but I <laughs> yeah, that's a whole another story about like everyone that's ever seen him has always said Andrew WK live is life changing experience. So I'm hoping I still get the chance someday. But him dropping off gave me the opportunity to see Unearth, which was incredible. They were spot on. They sounded amazing. I knew most of the songs. They played some of my favorites. I got to sing along. Crowd went nuts. That was awesome. But let me tell you, I was looking forward to see the band that played before <laughs> Turnstile. I was looking forward to see Knock Loose, Knocked Loose, a band you've seen several times, right, Alex? Yeah. So, Oh yeah, right. I so played I shows with those guys. To seeing them, I couldn't tell you song. <laughs> Wait, have yeah. you really? Yeah, oh, yeah, I we're from the same city. What, Death Haven? I haven't. No, 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 no. Loose. knock loose. Oh, knock loose. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. I, I they're still in Death Heaven. Yeah, and I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, dude, we go way back. <laughs> so like, no, uh, we go way back. I, I, I saw Charlie up in smoke. <laughs> yeah, I was in a band called the Stoic Club, and we used to play with them all the time. Okay, uh, and. Uh, their guitarist Isaac uh, actually recorded uh, our first EP. Oh, did not wow. sound good. Uh, okay. Did not sound good at all. Um, okay, but he had still, just done yeah. like their first EP thing or whatever. Right. Um, and yeah, so we we had played with them quite a few times. So I, I you know, I know those guys, uh, gotcha. and I've seen them a lot in very very small venues. Right. So. I can't tell you song titles, but I have listened to them a bit over the last, I guess, year. That's when I discovered them around about a year ago. So I knew it was going to be heavy. I was excited to see them. I thought it would be chaos. I did not realize how heavy they are alive. Now listening, because the whole ride home, well, not the whole ride, but much of the ride home, me and Caleb because he didn't know Knock Loose before then. We listened to them for a good bit of the ride home, and he said he's been listening to them a lot every day since then. But now I can hear how, how heavy they how heavy they must be live, but I didn't know that going in. They were so heavy. I tried to warn everyone. Yeah. <laughs> they were so heavy. Their pit was also nuts. And I heard them across the lake. Oh, dude! Yeah, there's a video or pond. Yeah. It wasn't really a lake. It was like more like a pond. But so what? They're they're almost unrivaled in in how insane their shows can get. Oh, for sure. Well, like they they have had uh, they have shut down several of the local venues. Yeah, uh, because they they, almost... they get so crazy that people start destroying the venue or. Uh, the cops show up and have to shut it down and arrest right. half of everyone. And it, it, it gets wild. And so this is basically what happened. And that's almost happened at first. Yeah. So <laughs> Caleb Cameron and I, after Earn earth, we stayed close. Oh, I can't remember. We may have left. I don't know. 
all I know is we got very good spots for not to lose. We were not in the pit, but we were close to the pit. It was nuts. It was crazy. And then like three songs in, all of a sudden you realize medics are taking someone backstage from the side. And then all of a sudden the whole band runs off stage. What? It's only like three songs in. And this crowd is revved up, violent, chaotic, as is normal at these shows. It's not like, I wouldn't call it a bad violence, but that's just how it appears. Um, but they left. And this is a very enclosed space. It's a good size space, but there's a lot of bodies. It's enclosed. And Cameron turns around and looks my way and just says, all right, yeah, yeah, they're gone. We got to go. We got to go. What I didn't realize is behind us, Cameron saw my buddy Caleb, who was by far the biggest of us, like no one's going to mess with him. And I guess Caleb was like, uh-oh, let's go. Because Caleb had been at a Converge show in the past where a little riot broke out and like people busted the stage apart and were swinging two by fours. So not loose reminds he basically says okay knocked loose is the new converge oh and so we left and then once we realized the music yeah. had started but like okay, we left and then they came, after a little bit they came back on stage but we left in case they ended up not coming back or they were taking so long that the crowd got mad and started like a riot of some sort which give me right, some so, the yeah. break then we went Sorry. back Caleb did not. Caleb said, I'm good. PTSD, I can't go back in there. And he was not kidding. (laughs) So Cameron and I went back in, got a really good spot again, enjoyed the rest of the set. Then we find out later what had actually happened was the lead singer had jumped into the crowd. These, from all reports, say it was off duty cops. I don't know if they were there to help with security or what, but they were there. They did not know he was the singer. They would not let him back on stage. So the manager went into the crowd. This is all while the song's going. The manager ends up getting roughed up by the cops. I don't know if he was the reason the medic was called or someone else got hurt in the process, but got roughed up. And so the video we saw after of from the stage was literally like them coming to the edge. One of the members, I think it was the basis of Knock Loose, had the guitar up like he was about to swing it on someone. Yeah. So, And then they all got pushed off stage. So Caleb was not wrong in that, based on that video, it could have turned really bad. And it could have been what you're just... Yeah, if they, if they had not come back, it, right. it definitely probably would not have yeah. turned out very well. Especially as what had happened spread through mm-hmm. the crowd. Because um, also the lead singer, if I'm not mistaken, was either kicked or punched by one of the security guards. That's yikes! Uh, and the manager got roughed up. Yeah, it, it, it was it was one of those things of these guys were not prepared for what was right. going to happen at that at that show. Right. Um, most of the security at the festival did a perfectly fine job, uh, but they were not ready for what Knock Loose was about to do. Right, and they had, they were they had no idea how to handle that kind of situation. And I get the um, idea, like maybe Zayo's set, the Converge set, and stuff were probably similar. Uh, but yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think those guys had been there. Right, I think they had come in and right before the Knock Loose set or something like that. 
And so they were totally not ready for it. And it was just one of those, like, it was just a series of bad decisions, you know, that, that all by themselves don't really matter, but you know, you put, put it all together and you have a a perfect storm of something bad happening. Luckily the band, uh, uh, you know those they're, they're pretty professional guys and right they came back pretty uh, quick and honestly yeah it was the crowd while it was still nuts it was more tame i feel than before that happened so if they had not have come back so fast or obviously if they had not come back at all it could have yeah you could have had very angry fans super amped go nuts so that yeah especially when when you're talking about the uh, kind of uh you know when it's police officers doing something like that that's kind of uh <laughs> validating the negative feelings the scene has towards them already right exactly um so yeah but nonetheless they came back it was awesome i want to see not to lose again like as soon as i can that was yeah that was they're, they're great in like a uh those kinds of venues are super good um Mm -hmm. but they're also great we have we have a a club here called uh well it's i get it's a bar uh but it's called diamonds um it actually used to be an arcade um like an arcade bar kind of thing um and they have shows there and it's probably i know what a thousand cap room or something or or 750 something like that like not a huge space but a pretty decent size um and they came through with every time i die and played and that was a hell of a show uh absolutely insane um lots of broken bones happened at that show uh i had a friend who broke his femur Mm. <laughs> <laughs> at that show wow good god uh yeah and, and there was lots of broken noses and i think someone dislocated a jaw and it was insane like that's especially their hometown shows are are especially crazy uh just because we we don't have a lot of bands that make it uh out of louisville because it, it it's kind of Louisville's a bigger city, but it's all kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. It's a very spread out city. Um, so it kind of functions as more of a small town gotcha. um, or a smaller city. So you got a lot of people that, you know, they'll be in a band and then you guys do that for a few years and then just kind of break up and move on. It's, it's not like, you know, you, you have some bigger cities where there's an actual, you know, scene right. or whatever. We, we have... Yeah, we we have a, a few like you know every few years a small scene kind of shows up and then you know maybe one band comes out of that, um, but by and large it, there, there's not a lot uh, in that world uh, or at least wasn't until fairly recently. Um, so people really once they caught on, people really latched onto them, um, and they're huge here which i mean good on them sometimes it's hard to to get big in your hometown true uh especially in that world yeah no they were great like i said i definitely want to see them again they were already on my radar 
but now they're definitely I'm gonna go I'm gonna know it I'm gonna next time I see them I'm gonna know I'm gonna know lyrics song titles all you need to know is arf arf <laughs> which I heard that's the I I thought that was a joke for a minute no and you're like no, no. they literally do that at their show and yeah, I heard it multiple song. times when I was yeah. like because they were playing when I was watching okay so I mentioned earlier before we started talking that um, I watched the West Virginia game by because um, they were on correct if I'm, if I'm wrong they were on Saturday right off the loose yes. No, they were okay. No, they were Sunday. They were before Turnstile. Yeah, they were right before Turnstile. Okay, I was watching Juliana Theory then. That's who I was watching on Sunday. So I was really in the back for Juliana Theory, like paying attention, but also just kind of mainly getting ready for Turnstile. As soon as so, as soon as Knock Loose was done, I was going to head over there because I wanted to get like a good spot for Turnstile. Right. Um, But I could hear the arfs across the the little pond there, (laughs) carrying over. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's actually real. That's not a joke." Yeah, it 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 was a thing they did. I I don't know if it showed up in more than one song at this point, but I know it was in one song. Uh, it was kind of their first big song, uh, and it's right before one of the breakdowns. Because <laughs> really, that, that that's what their music is. It's just a bunch of breakdowns, um, and. That's that's cool. If that's what you like, it's great. Like they they're absolutely fantastic at it, and have it down almost to a science. It's incredible. Um, but before one of them in that song, he goes arf arf, and they, <laughs> there's the breakdown, and it is just the dumbest thing. And <laughs> but like it gets people going, and so I've always I've made fun of it for years since it happened because I just thought it was the funniest thing. Like that's. So I don't know why it just like stuck with me as being so funny. So even in one of my band's songs on our like first EP, I uh, <laughs> we had this heavier part, and so I actually did that uh, at Arf Arf when I was recording vocals for it. So I have the version where Arf Arf shows up in my own song. Uh, nice. It does not exist anywhere else, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a running joke locally, especially. Uh, I don't know if it's a running joke anywhere else, but yeah, they were uh, they were it's, so it's loud. very entertaining. They're they yeah, well that that whole stage was loud, basically built like a shotgun. Yeah, um, when it came to the way the sound would go, it was just it was a shotgun that was facing the emo kid stage, yep. and just launching <laughs> the sound directly at that stage for the whole festival before. Before Cameron and I went back in, we we're standing out, and then they started back and they started playing, and we we completely left. We had walked down to the pond, which wasn't far from the opening to the shed, but we were maybe fifty yards or so. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we were standing, and there's a video. Cameron posted it, but it's so loud, and it actually it sounds incredible if you weren't wanting- it sounded great that's where we were actually sitting on those steps i didn't realize you guys had walked up behind us yeah so because we had i mean we we were back we weren't weren't sure if we were going to go back in like i said caleb was like i can't i'm done they sound awesome i'll listen but yeah so before we went back in he posted that video and you can hear it in the video it sounds incredible 
And then, like yeah. I said, we went back. I'm glad we. I'm glad it went back in. I don't think Cameron went back in, and I don't think Cameron knew I was following until at some point right before we got to where we stopped, turned around and saw me. But yeah, they were they were awesome. And then it was perfect because I wouldn't say they were negative, but we've already we've we thoroughly explained what happened. It could have turned extremely negative. Someone got hurt. Yada yada. Then you had these pretty balloons and everything that hits the crowd waiting on Turnstile. <laughs> and you have Turnstile who comes out and they got their heavy parts. There's a pit. They're hardcore, but they're so much fun. And it was a completely like kind of switch. To me, it was awesome. Yeah, it, it, there's it's a very like positive feel. Right. Compared to... And I mean, it's that kind of 80s hardcore versus it's like that mixed with that kind of indie rock sound or whatever that they have. Uh, It definitely is kind of a more upbeat, pleasant listening experience. They can kind of just turn on and be like, oh, this is fun uh, versus Knock Loose, which is is, is definitely a darker. Right. uh, More kind of angry sound. Right. Which I Uh, love it. But it's yeah, no, I know that's it's just a totally different kind of thing, and I think a band like Turnstile is a fantastic way to end a day, right? You know, at a festival like that. Not that you know, Knock Loose can't be bigger than them or what have you, but just ending it on such a positive note is a really is is kind of nice, right? You know, Which, it was like we left, and I was like, heck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> originally that was going to be Andrew WK, which from everything I've been described, yeah. his is also super positive, super uplifting. Like I said, people always say life-changing type of experience. So I think I think getting Turnstile was one of the was probably one of the closest to that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and I think they're even more sonically of a, an uplifting sound than a lot of his stuff is. Uh, though his, his just kind of stage persona and uh, the things he says are very uplifting. Right. Um, yeah. But even their sound uh, definitely is. Yeah. So um, it was just incredible. So yeah. It was an incredible weekend. Uh, any more like highlights either of you want to share? Hang on one second. What I want to do is, I want to take a break here. So we're going to cut at 156-ish. Right. Is what we have right here. But I'm not... Well, if you want to hear the rest of the Furnace Fest conversation by Tyler and Ward of Top Plays with friend Alex Hoagland, you're just going to have to listen to part two coming soon. <laughs>